This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. MBS plus a guest just BSing about a guest favorite thing Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Casey Tony, and he talks to me about his love of, interest in, passion for audio editing. Casey is the editor for the actual play Shadowrun podcast, Neo Scum, so that is the major focus point of this conversation. But, as I am not one myself, if you are not a regular listener, it will still be incredibly, incredibly eye-opening to you. I think we kind of dig into why editing is important in all aspects of art and how fans can interpret that and respond to it and how it becomes so much of an editor's job to kind of finesse and recreate the feeling that was in the room while the thing was happening as listeners can only experience it via their ears in the future. It was so great. I think there is such an element of care to what Casey does, but also to how he speaks to it. And I think that is really apparent in this conversation. I would feel remiss to not mention my dear friend Hannah Parsons, who is the editor for a podcast project that uh, we've completed a first season on in 2016 and are currently trying to put the finishing touches on for a second season called The Probe. She really opened my eyes to the comedic possibilities and artistic possibilities of editing and made a project that was all improvised and uh, partially written and (laughs) tied all those things together into this complete project. So after you've given Neo Scum a listen or 12 check out the first season of the probe and look out for the second season and please give all your hats off to the editors like casey tony and hannah parsons who's also been a past guest on mbsing and also edits another show that's in the chicago podcast co-op improvised star trek she's one of many editors on that show which is just i think another testament to how much work casey is putting into this as uh, the main editor of Neoscom. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, take take some time out to appreciate the editors on whatever your favorite podcast, TV show, film is. Next time you watch something, next time you take it in, just think about how much work went into it and be appreciative of that consciously because it takes a lot of hard work and talent and care to get a product that people 
We'll enjoy. I actually did an episode of my own show where my partner interviewed me about the movie once. Are you That's serious? how much I love this movie. Like, so this is like, Dude. I can't get too deep because then I'll take up our whole time. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I will say, I, like, legitimately, I'm not fucking kidding you. I've not talked to somebody about, like, how, like, Once was, like, my f- favorite, like, musical and, like, one of my favorite movies of all time for, like, so many years. No fucking way. Yeah, yeah no joke. Oh, I haven't talked, that, to, I haven't oh talked to about heart. Once in oh, fucking years. I'm serious, that. though. Yeah. Oh, I love that so And I was a musical theater major, and I was still like, no, this is the fucking shit. I saw them on fucking Letterman or something. I saw Swell Season Mm -hmm. on Letterman trying to get people to, like, know about what the movie was. Like, like, right when it was coming out. And I was like, who the fuck are these people? What the fuck is this movie? I have to see it as soon as possible. Yeah, like, I had to see it as soon as possible. I saw it. I thought it was fucking gorgeous and small. And like you said, like, so intimate and it like tells this story without really yes yes like sometimes i still think about like little moments in it that like make me laugh and and stuff like that and you know like i go see the i've seen the musical twice i saw the musical in dublin casey (laughs) yeah that's legit uh and it has made me like you know cry in the same ways in the same Mm -hmm. a lot of the same places that the the movie does, and probably even more so in some ways, just because that's what musicals do. They're so oh, like yeah. they're so deeply tied to your heartstrings. Whereas like this little small movie, you know, I I get emotional during it. I think at least in part because of the relationship I have with the movie and how like yeah. how deeply I feel like I you know know all the like parts of it. But when you see the musical, and I know that is influenced by how much I love the movie too. But it's really. It's worth seeing. There's I to- yeah. yeah, I totally, and, and I mean, like, I think that's the, like, having that understanding of, like, the experience of being in the room during mm-hmm. theater, or, like, obviously, like, I've I've done, you know, theater all my life, and, sure. like, very much, like, into that feeling, the the, the tough thing about um, just, just listening to, like, the once soundtrack, having, like, not seen the show, uh-huh. is just because, like, Unlike a, a jukebox musical, I feel like it's like usually you had like one lead singer, uh, but like now there's like an you know like a rock orchestra background and there's like a, a chorus of voices and all this stuff and it's like it was weird. It, it felt like so close yeah. to like oh. the original songs, like listening to it, Interesting. but like not right because like one of the things that and like you said, like the thing that I love most about. Glenn Hansard and is Glenn Hansard like right. is like the the like apps absolute like amount like I remember the first time I remember the first time watching that movie when he sings uh when they do when your mind's made up yeah and it's like the first time the band takes them seriously and it like comes together uh-huh. and like just like at the end like when he's just it has that like whole like wailing like section at the when your mind and just like holds it out like that like honestly i i just like i remember like the chills like i got in like in that moment and it was just like holy shit like that guy has has fucking i mean he he has channeled like the whole human spectrum of emotions like through his vocal cords like in in just this like incredible way that honestly I don't understand how he's so sing- still singing because like I feel like 
he goes 1,000%. I think that every time I see him live, uh, first of all, I got chills just hearing you like describe that scene. And I love how they started with the studio engineer is just kind of checked out. He like thinks it's some scrubs. And then they play this song and it just blows him out of the... Yes, I love that. It's so... I think that's also just such good writing. Like it's just a combination of this passion and skill that scene and like all of that movie it like it works so well because it is that good yeah and but because it's like uh you do totally get it here's this dude who even in that movie was probably in his mid 30s yeah and yeah you see like some dude with like like this this random group of people coming in paying like cheap money just to like do that I, like you totally get that and especially like in like capitalism the way it is and this like this like uh, this audio engineer who like uh, wants to do good work but for the most part is just trying to fucking like survive yeah for and sure. like for the most part that just means like not putting your heart into it because like you're not gonna be satisfied and then and but then like it is the music is that good and it wakes him up he's yeah. like oh yeah that's why i do this and the way the pieces like come together for it yes and like you in in the same way that like i mean falling slowly not like that song needs like anymore uh, yeah, yeah i know but like but the way like that's the thing about the different versions of the song i like the version even i think both versions are like absolutely beautiful but i think i like the movie version more because it it just starts with Glenn or yeah uh huh or what it like starts with just uh-huh. yeah because they build a piano part uh, slowly because that's what they do in the scene yes because he's still kind of like teaching it to her at the time so mm-hmm. she like comes in and kind of does more vocals on top of it like as the song gets sung because it's like organically being he's teaching yeah. her in the scene my guest today is Casey Tony and he's gonna talk to me about his love of audio engineering and I think. Uh, the conversation that we've had leading up to this is actually yeah. a really good note to go in on, especially we talking to, like, about stop ourselves. I know, <laughs> I know, especially going into those studio details. Yeah, uh, and and you know how much that those moments mean. I think there's there's a clear line to me between that and your passion for this. I noticed that, like, I swear to God, that was organic. <laughs> but I noticed it happening yeah. as it was happening. Oh, I'm sure, I man. Like, I, I wore the shirt and that's yeah. what got us rolling in the first place. Dude, so. like, literally, you could have worn, like, a black t-shirt uh-huh. and we would have just sat down <laughs> and would have tested audio levels. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Dude, So, yeah. what is the origin of your love for editing, of your love for audio and all this stuff? Dude, well, uh, first of all, I just want I just want to say thanks for having me on of the course, show. Of uh, course. Of course. Very 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 psyched to talk about this because like honestly, I feel like I um I cannot possibly talk about this enough. You know, when like people yeah. and I'm like this already like as uh my uh, my brother has two like, you know, baby daughters, toddlers and and I'm I'm like obnoxious uncle where like I just want to like show people the videos and pictures I get. Mm-hmm. Uh and it's it's like I, f- I feel like that in the same way about like editing and and like audio and and, and uh, like uh, podcast structuring and, and and just stuff like that in general. It's like I just want like somebody to just be like a vessel for me to like 
to like empty the contents of my mind that are constantly occupied by it. This could not be the more perfect vessel. I've literally <laughs> given people the prompt before. Is there anything that you want to talk about that you have a moratorium on with like <laughs> your friends or partners or whoever it is? Uh-huh. I'm your man. Dude, like, <laughs> I love it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. There's literally like could not be. Uh, a, a more perfect topic. Awesome. Um, I I ventured off there. I, I have a, a podcast with our with our mutual friend, Mike Migdal. Mutual friend and past guest. And of past guest. Guessing. <laughs> uh, and in fact, I get uh, the the MBS heads out there may have listened to the uh, call in episode with yeah. like a bunch. It was like an anniversary show yes, or something. Yes, right. It was and, my three year anniversary. Yeah, and and Mike, uh, this is my. First year living in the city, and uh, and I'd moved in with Mike and, and our uh, other roommate and friend Gannon, and uh, Mike called me out on that show. Yes, as, I as, remember as a good person, and he had talked about you as like such a nice person for so long. Aww. He talked about uh, me on that show, and it took many years to get here. But the point is, <laughs> like, I moved out here to do um, acting and improv, and honestly, like, completely stumbled into this this edi- uh, editing part because like you know I was doing all the the improv stuff that you do out here I was doing the conservatory at second city and and all that stuff and Mike had had this idea from before I even moved in with them to do this this uh this Shadowrun podcast and Shadowrun is a like a, a tabletop role playing game from uh, like like D&D but set in the the future and it's it's an interesting world very Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah, and 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 like when when we would we would just we would just play it uh, with people, and uh, we would always. Was that something you were into before you no, moved in with them? No, no, I, no. In fact, I'd I'd heard of the name Shadowrun because it uh, there are like some video games about it, and I'm like a big video game guy. Uh, I'd never played any of the games. And and thought they always looked. I was like, that looks like too like it's trying too hard, like yeah, too edgy for me. That's like, so funny. and that's the thing. That's what I still <laughs> think about like Shadowrun as a whole, which is why like I love our take on on Shadowrun, which is like the the popular terms are like um, uh, pink mohawk and black trench coat, where it's like pink mohawk is like how Shadowrun used to be in the eighties, where it's like very like colorful and like fun. And then at some point during the '90s, it became like cool to just like be like, "Oh, this is this is so serious." Sleek like, and it's and like, black. "Oh God!" Like, dude, like the r- real world is like serious enough. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, like not to say it's like I mean, you are playing in a dark world regardless, but like have have fun with it and don't take it seriously because it's it's so goofy. Sure. Uh, but but anyway, but the, but the point is so like I I we we're playing Shadowrun. It's like this incredibly complicated game. Every time you battle, it takes like so much time to to like do combat and all this stuff, especially when we were new. And so Mike had been presenting this idea for a podcast about it for like the longest time. And I was like, I had moved in with Mike and Gannon and thought they were just like the funniest people on the planet. Like it, it like I moved out here having like, as I'm sure like a lot of us did coming from our, our various like towns and colleges where you're like probably one of the like funnier people sure. 
yeah. in, in any friend group you're in. Uh-huh. And then suddenly you come out to Chicago and like all of your friends are comedians. And yes. you're like, whoa, like I'm on the fucking. I'm nothing. Oh, yeah. I feel, <laughs> even if it's not true, you just it's how like. You feel. It's how you feel. Sure. And so it was like, oh, my God, like crazy, like depression and crisis, crisis of confidence as I came out here uh, after a while where I just. Where did like, you move from? Uh, Toledo, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. So not not too far, just like yeah. four and a half hours. And so I was just like, I was so, so honored to like be a part of a project with Mike and with Gannon and with Blair Britt of the Crowd Theater, <laughs> Lenny Sovajo of uh, IO Theater. And, and honestly, I started editing for two reasons. And I, and I don't think – I honestly don't think in, like, any form I've really, like, talked about this specifically. And I know it's taken probably a half hour for me to get to the answer to your question. No, it's okay. This is, this, this is actually does a lot of my work for me because I don't have much in between. <laughs> I, I book into a two big questions and it usually takes care of itself, so you're doing great. <laughs> great, great. Okay. The two reasons would be, like, one – because I am, I'm like a perfectionist. I'm the kind of perfectionist that I get like so overly involved and like obsessed with like small detail oriented things that probably uh, don't mean much. Like I, I have trouble removing myself and like looking at like big picture, like what needs to be sacrificed and like prioritized and everything like that. Like not the kind of perfectionist, it's like I feel like there are people who are like, <laughs> like I would never have considered myself a perfectionist when I was younger because, uh, like I was viewed perfectionist as so successful. Oh, interesting. Because they had like this like insane work ethic, and like I just I have these like incredibly impulsive like lazy, lazy impulses. I'm like I have like ADHD, but like also, but that's the thing. It's like if something takes my attention and if like I'm involved, like I can't stop. Yeah. And and I'm like so particular about the details, like uh-huh. granular stuff, like like graphic design and everything like that, which which uh, I used, you know, I do a little graphic design, a little this, that. And so that's how it was like editing. Uh, I think Mike and Gannon had both taken like a pass at the edit. And I also had none of us had ever edited. And uh I I certainly hadn't, but I just my standards were like they were like yeah this is good and I and listened like, to it no, and I found no, like a million no. things yeah and it was like and and it wasn't even like bad it was just like none of us knew what we were doing yeah so like the thing is is I was just like willing to put in more time and to like get a single moment right to like make it sound like smoother or like figure out what I had to do to get right I edited the first episode and, and re-edited like the second episode and uh, then. It was like, you know, this, I, this is kind of fun. I'll do the, the – yeah, guys, I'll just do the third. And then I became like the editor for the show. Right. Because I was the only one at that point who knew how to use the tools. Right. Um, but then it like became – so like here's this thing. Like like number one, like I, I started with like zero experience, like never having done it before. And like now I think I've spent something like going on like 800 or more hours like editing in the past year and a half. My God. Yeah. Like in like yesterday and the day before, just two days, my two days off work, I think I spent 30 hours editing. Oh my God. And I, and I edited for like- That was the number like, that Mike threw out when he yeah. told me, he was like, he probably edits like 30 hours for every episode. That's yeah. exactly what he said. It's insane. And, and the funny thing is I remember hearing like, as I was like, because again, it's like what happens is like my standards- we're just like always out of reach. There's that, that really good like Ira Glass quote 
where he talks about like your your taste mm-hmm. versus like your skill mm-hmm. and how you just keep failing your skill level keeps failing to meet your taste mm-hmm. but like your taste keeps like pulling it higher and higher yeah i mean his i mean his way was more i know elegant. exactly yeah but like yeah, there's yeah. a quote uh uh-huh. and it, it's an amazing quote and like that i think of that like all the time i'm sure especially starting from having no real experience yeah. doing it and it's it's really just like it's like i mean now i can absolutely get somebody into like a better place uh better start than like i did like mike's doing some editing now and i I, oh nice help you know give him some tools to like get started yeah but at the same time it's like at the end of the day i think like the two things that like made me a good editor were like is like one like this and absolute unwillingness for something to not feel like as perfect as I could possibly make it like like just a like nagging like compulsive need to fix it like no matter how long it takes I was gonna say for better or worse for better or worse and that's worse many many times and that's exactly (laughs) when you get into the reasons why perfectionism doesn't necessarily translate to you know what you said before was success very successful people yeah it was a very narrow view I used to have of it yeah and uh and like because sometimes that perfectionism can just hold you back from things that people who are successful are letting go sure yeah and in 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 like honestly it's like one of those like gift and curse things and here's here's the thing about it i feel like for the most part i didn't recognize it as like perfectionism even though like since i was like a kid we would get like a poster board for like you know everybody gets 20 minutes to like write about this state you know or yes, something and, right. and i would be like i'd make our group go last and i would still be finishing Work the elaborate like the- like drawings and like layout and all this like s- stupid stuff that like didn't matter but it was like why wouldn't you try to make it the best? Exactly. Like, yeah. how, how Like how can you not? I, I, you're a preacher of the choir, man. I relate to this so, so hard. Yeah, and it's it's tough because I, I think what happened is, like, most of my life outside of, like, specific things, like, even though I was known for this, like, I would choose, like, knowing that element of myself, like, knowing how much energy and time like certain things take i would like choose to avoid and choose to like uh put put that off in in certain ways sure and right like, like major procrastinator and major and so i would end you knew up how much myself. work it was gonna yeah. be so i even started in the it, first place exactly Ooh, I continue and, to relate yes. to this <laughs> and so it's like here's the thing about editing editing is the one thing not the one thing, but it's the most tangible uh, skill and like art or whatever that I feel like has allowed me to both like exercise that like need in myself, but also like reward it. Interesting. And like, and you know, for better or worse, like right. but for better, it's like, honestly, like this, like yesterday's episode that, uh, or well, it hasn't released yet as we're recording this, but like the one I, I edited um, was like the crazy, like at this point, probably the most like intense, 
like edit that there's ever been like the sound cues like I just like I in in that's things like the bar is just like constantly raised so right. like as I got faster people there were, there was a point I remember the first time I hit 30 hours on an edit and like I I remember hearing stories of like um there are like some other editors in the city who do like actual play podcasts uh like Aram and Carlos and uh, these guys who uh, do God's Fall and um, Dungeon Rats and and they're also known as like crazy particular like editors with all that stuff and I remember hearing like something about like 30 hour edits and just thinking that's like fucking insane yeah yeah but it's like my edits just just crap because like every time I learned something new that's the minimum now right you know and like every right. time I got a new idea I had to like figure out how to do it and I would invest the time to figure out how to do it I would get it right or I'd get it wrong or I'd get it wrong so many times that I'd just undo it and I wouldn't do it. You're like, like oh, so. Oh, I have been there, uh, yeah. dude. And then like slowly like I hit like 30 hours for my first one and was like, like holy shit, that's that's insane. But And people would be like, yeah, but like you're getting better and you're getting faster, right? So it's going to go back down. Uh, but it's like the thing is like you listen to that first episode where yeah. I hit 30 hours uh-huh. and you listen to like – this recent episode, did. and they're like a world away. And even though that that first it's time, like I'm really proud of them. Time to do better work. Yeah, like yeah. twice as good work. And that's the thing. It's like a year and a half. Like I've just like just obsession. Second part of this forty minute answer to the origins was then also this ties back to me feeling like so insecure. Uh, and like and like depressed and just like oh my god like these are like the funniest people on the planet like I can't keep up, which which I which I know is like not true now and yeah it, it, it it's took, just something you're telling yourself yeah, yeah and and the thing is it's like I need to be like without that confidence I wasn't able to play you know honestly I was like so embarrassed by how many times I said um <gasps> and how many like pauses I had and yeah. stuff like that that like. There was like a small part of me that felt like I had to be editor for like damage control. Wow. Because like in in my head, I was like, I am like such an idiot and so not funny compared to these people and so slow compared to these people, especially Mike Migdahl, who's like fastest joke in the West, you know? Absolutely. And like in in the thing was it was because I wasn't comfortable, you know? Um, but But like in my head, like – I would like hear these like moments and it, it would like, it'd feel torturous. And so like, I, I'd want to go in there and fix it, but like. You have more control over your own performance yeah. after the fact. So it's kind of a, a double, it does kind of pigeon tail with that perfectionism, but for within yourself. And then, and I guess, uh, mm-hmm. just being self-conscious and. and yeah. And. And I mean, and that's how it started. Like, in the the thing is, it's like I always paid just as much attention to like everybody else's stuff. Sure, it, of course, yeah. You know, it, but it was like always just like there was, you know, that that like desperate part of me that was just like, oh my god, I can't let my my uh, unfiltered right. <laughs> like self like out into the world. Yeah. It took like. I mean, eventually editing became like, oh, this is something I'm good at and this is something I can use to really, really make the show better. Right. It took a long while for me to realize that, like, people liked my character and people liked me on the show and stuff. Yeah, it was like... Was there always meant to be some meta nature to you being the tech wizard on the show? Or do you think that (laughs) just was kind of coincidental? Can can I tell you, this is like the origins of that character are, are so funny to me 
So I, I we'd played before we recorded the show, and I'd played a character named Tom Starchild, who uh, was inspired by David Bowie. But then I just decided it was actually David Bowie, and huh. he was like an elf, and so he lived like till twenty seventy seven or whenever the show was set. So, um, but like I didn't real really like feel great as as Tom, so I thought I wanted to make like a new character for the actual show, but I didn't really have any ideas. And because I didn't feel as confident as, like, Mike about this, like, I kind of was like, I'm not going to be able to come up with a good, I like, this is going to be so bad, like, blah, blah, blah. All I came up with, I came up with a couple names, but the first one I came up with was, like, like, when I'm coming up with a character, like, a lot of times, I'm, like, so overt and like surface about it where I'm like <laughs> I'm like hmm funny character like they say they're one thing but they're like another <laughs> you know yeah, so it was sure. like it was like you know just like how this like in the future like it's like uh this is before it was even called neo scum but like we have like you just like add neo or like cyber to something or like future whatever to something yes. in, in this kind of satirical like version of of like um 80s movies uh-huh. like future and um and so i just thought it'd be funny if it's like if you had a wizard but because he was a future wizard he was just called tech wizard but like people would expect him to be good with technology but like mm-hmm. He he's like oh no 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 I'm like I'm shit it. with technology I'm just a wizard but I'm the tech wizard because it's 2077 That's and you're so just funny yeah and it's so stupid and so like all I had was just that like this character would enter the room and just go I'm the tech wizard and like uh I was like coming up with the character and and we had it we were like recording off of like somebody's iPhone on the table this wasn't even like this wasn't the show it was like kind of like the the like pilot, pilot stuff yeah yeah and um. That's a good lesson, though, for people. Anyone who's trying to start something new—that's yeah. the only way to do it. People, I think people can get really precious about the first thing they do, 100%. and it probably sucks. Yeah. So, so you guys were smart to do that to just kind of try it out and throw some stuff away before and, you started using it. And that's like, I'm so glad that happened because, like, the thing is, like, there's this scene we eventually released as part of this like variety show episode uh, on the main feed, but. Dak Rambo already existed, um, but like I had literally, I didn't have a voice for Tech Wizard. I hadn't, I had no backstory. I didn't ha- even have a name. Literally, there's like part of the recording is like, "What's your character's name?" And I just like sat there for a while, and I was like, "Uh," and I was like really into really goofy, dumb names, and I still am. But like, and I was just like, uh, d- "Dirt, derp, schlops, and blah blah, squirt purpler." <laughs> And, like, Squirt Purpler was so funny to me that, like, (laughs) literally, like, seconds before doing our first scene, like, Uh I had named him. And so then I'm still describing the character and in a scene where I'm going to, like, visit my Nana or whatever. Uh And and I have no idea who this character is. And I did not want to play him. I was so scared. And Mike just, like, initiates a scene. And I have to react. And you even hear... Like, there's this pause after he says his line, which seems intentional, but it was, like, me, like, are you doing a scene? Ah. (laughs) I'm not ready. I didn't figure any of this out. And so we just, like, go. And the thing is, like, I'm playing with Mike and Blair Britt, who are both, like, so smart and, like, so confident and so technical and good at, like, turning things around. Yeah. That, like, I didn't expect it, but, like, they completely, like – made a fool of my character uh like immediately mm-hmm. 
and it was like, oh my God, that's, that's exactly what it should be. Because like I've always I've loved losing. And like I remember like Mike would talk like Mike <clears throat> talks about how he can't, he has a problem with losing in improv, where like even when he knows his character should lose because it's like comedic, he's so competitive that like he wants to win. Yeah. And it's like me. I want to always lose. Like I love playing like as like as an actor, I love playing like shitty characters who like have something like endearing or like relatable like about them that makes you feel like sorry for them, you know? And yeah. there's like something like I, I it, it's that's like drama to me and that's like what's juicy and that's what's fun to play. Like Tech Wizard immediately became that because of one scene uh, based purely on the people I was playing with. That's amazing. And but that's what an ensemble should be yeah. in the grand scheme of things. And, 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 and like, that's what was – exactly. And, and the thing is, it's, like, they, like, they played what they were good at. Yeah. I played what I was good at. Yeah. And then, like, it gave me permission to just, like, lean into that because, like, that is what I love about that character is, like, exploring – elements of myself like you know i mean tech wizards is is different obviously but like exploring now i'm just talking about my character oh my god this isn't even editing uh it's part of it yeah yeah i asked <laughs> because he's the tech wizard he's the tech wizard and uh but it, you know but uh, but anyway but that that became like I, I i grew really comfortable even though at first like i wanted to edit to Control that. To control that. Um, but like then I was like, oh, no, it's like this is what I bring to the table and it's like resonating with people. And like especially as our show got like more emotional and free to be more like vulnerable and our, our characters like grew closer and stuff, Tech Wizard became like I think like a driving part of that heart because like he was like so willing to be tragic. Yeah, lovable he, loser. Yeah. So what does it look like from sitting down to, you know, do part of a campaign or however? I don't know how exactly you guys kind of fraction things out. Right. Well, for, From for, that process in through to a finished product. I, I think we do it a little bit differently than like a lot of shows uh, do because we'll record. I mean, typically we'll record a, you know, like a three hour session or something and it might be three hours with like an interlude and stuff and, and whatever uh, incidental stuff we need. And then uh, I'll take it and uh, I use a Adobe Audition and then like I just like I clean up all the sound with like different effects and stuff like that. And then I'll send like Ganon the Raw so he can listen to it and like write the next episode. And then I'll, I'll cut like that three hours down to like – an hour and a half or something. So portions of this uh, event have been that did not affect the outcome, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Th th yeah, and it's like, uh, like, it, it will, it, I, and I think like a lot of it is honestly like full disclosure, just like an hour of like preamble and like mic checking where I go, okay, guys, can we do a mic check? And That's people so like go, yeah. And then immediately they start joking. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, okay, can we do that mic check? Yeah, now? <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. But like, and, and that's also the thing is like. But that's also, in my experience, every creative project that oh, yeah. especially is only is self-driven, you know, 
every time I've written a show with someone or directed a show with someone or whatever it is, especially if it's someone that I started doing it with because they were my friend. Yeah. That is just part of it. You just have to, you have to build in that time. I started leaning as like an editor, like leaning into that playfulness and those digressions, which I think at first I was like, I would kind of like shy away from, I was like afraid, but and then, like, now we have, like, cold opens and, like, cold outs, right. which are just, like, cut from that. And now yeah. we have, like, we have this Patreon. And it's, like, great because, like, sometimes, like, I will work so long on condensing, like, all this, like, funny, like, pre-show content yes. into, like, just the best parts to use at the top and bottom. Right. And then the rest of it, I'll just, I'll be like, well, fuck, man, I'll I save this for someday and I'll put it in no a folder. Ever yet. But, like, now, like, we have, it's like, oh, I can just, like, pop. Throw that in Like, there. extended, like, hey, do you guys want to hear, like... The 20-minute dumbness that we did. (laughs) Yeah. I I think with, with like, my editing, my my goal is to just present, like, the the stuff that happened and, like, the story we're creating in, like, the best possible light. And so, like, maybe that means, like, cutting out. And, again, like, I mentioned, like, how, like – long shadow run is like when you're like doing combat and stuff like that that was always like a huge part of it was just like okay so now we uh there's an hour and a half for what amounts to two minutes of battle oh my god uh, you know or something yeah and it's like how do i cut out like us you know especially when we were earlier and we were like slower and, and didn't know all the rules like yeah right flipping uh, through and making oh my god and- yeah and like Shadowrun, it's like you can look at behind you that that giant thing of dice. It's like Shadowrun would be like, okay, uh, can somebody give me seventeen dice? Oh and I'm gonna roll them, God. and all in the like fives and sixes are hits. Are hits, right? And and so it's like, so you go through, and then you have seventeen dice, and you're like sorting them. And so it was just like a matter yeah. of like condensing that stuff. But from the inside of it, you don't see it as that ridiculous. Can someone hand me seventeen six? Are you right. kidding me? Come on. And it's like it's like there are like shows out there, and it, 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 I mean shows out there with like quicker systems than ours, who just like who just like. Slap it up there. Leave all that stuff yeah. in. Dude, I've listened uh, to at least one episode of an actual play before that just completely lost me very much off the bat because I was just like, what? No. Yeah. And I don't care just about like all this stuff. long, quiet like moments where they're thinking and stuff and, yeah. and like talking and – it, yeah, it's just – and I, I literally – I want to scream why. And I, I think like because – like, I mean, like, the Adventure Zone is, like, the one that the McElroys do. I've always sure. been a big McElroy fan. Uh, like, started listening to, like, Mibim Bam back in, like, 2011. And, wow. So, you're, uh, yeah, you're, yeah, you're in on the ground yeah, floor Yeah, ground floor of that, yeah. yeah. And, like, so – but, like, there's – like, I wasn't, like, a fan of, like, actual play podcasts, but I was a fan of, of that show. And so I think for me with, like, Neo Scum, it was always, like, I didn't have – any reverence for the form Mm -hmm. and it was always just like with my like obsessive perfectionism I want to constantly make a show that like I want to listen to because like like I edit and I'll be editing for hours and like the fact of the matter is it can be like really boring oh I yeah 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 and I mean yeah and I mean like you know too and 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 I do a Absolute fraction of what you do. I, well, you released like I feel like you you're doing the, like you got like way more episodes. In okay, the band. that's like, fair. So that's it's, fair. Like, I've been doing it weekly for five that's years. So. Cr- so much fucking respect for that, for real. And I appreciate. It. And it's like 
and I think like what is good about Neo Scum as opposed to just like a, a like a a talk show, a good for me as an editor, I mean, is that like at first it was unfortunate that there was the the demand of more editing. Sure. But then it became like this freedom where it's like, oh, because we're a narrative show. I can add music yeah. and I can add sound effects and different things. And so then I start, be, I became at a certain point, not just an editor. And I mean, I was already in like early on, not like super early on, uh, but at a certain point I started like, you know, cutting out like, like, like ums and stuff like that. And like rearranging things that people like have, don't even like know is Realize. in there. Yeah. But there was like a point where like Casey, the editor became like, it's so fucking cheesy or whatever, but like like another like another player in the sense like yeah, another of course. yeah like well, New York was also a character yes in story and like and that's in well, in the sense that like what happens it's is, true though you couldn't. Yeah. Even, you know, I haven't listened to very much of your show, but oh, what I fine. have listened to, it is so, it's all about storytelling. It's, yeah, it's yeah. absolutely about storytelling. And the editing is essential for that storytelling. Yeah. Absolutely essential. And 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 I get, like, I get to do another round of Yes Anding. Right. Like, based in that moment. And I'm trying to entertain myself, like, while listening to the edit. And so it's like... Like oh, That's such a funny way to look at it. I, it really, like, I swear to God, I will, like, what will happen is, like... S- s- something will like, like just like trigger in my head. Like, wouldn't that be funny? Like, uh-huh. just in the same way that you're constantly when you're like going back and forth doing like comedy, mm-hmm. you're constantly just like assessing. And a lot of times you're throwing things out, right? But you're just oh, like you've opened your mind to those like, oh, like what are these comedic things? And like that's like a perspective I have a lot of times with like editing, where it's like how can I do a callback to something that happened like episodes ago? So then there are like recurrent sound effects that become like funnier as they gain more context and are used in different, uh, like different circumstances and the same thing. And then like at a point, uh, I think like it was like episode 19, it hit me and, and it's 18 and 19 are like, uh, two of my, two of my favorites. Uh, but like that, like, I could have like motifs and we talked about like musicals and it's like, I was a musical theater major for, for years. And, and, uh, and like, I think like motifs are so incredibly powerful having like, like music that gains power every new circumstance it's in, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way we rewrite our memories every, every time you remember something, it's like, and like you can use that as a tool later because you can make it like ironic based on like what people expect of that or you can like – Play on the same theme exactly. in a different way. You can like color something in a different light than it originally sounded because that's playing underneath. And so yes. then it's like once like motifs opened up and like I like it like got more music and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It became like – it became this constant thing where it's like every second of this show – and I mean I think it takes like – I, I I forget the translation of like hours per like minute. If you were to break it down, some are faster, yeah, some are the, slower. Yeah, what's the average episode length? I feel like about like an hour and a half right now. Okay. We've had some especially long ones the past couple. Uh, normally it's like one session cut into a single episode like really tightly. But the, the past two episodes with uh, Corey Anderson uh, were split in two because it was just so long. Gotcha. Um, so those are a little bit shorter. But um, – uh, but yeah, I mean, like it. So you're talking like an hour for every 
three minutes or so if you're doing 30 hours for an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. And and I think like, and again, it's not, and that sounds like absurd, but it's not like, it's not linear, right? It, yeah, it, of course. Like, yeah. But the, but the thing is I do go through every second and I'm like, I'm trimming like pauses and like repetitions or if we start talking about something we're going to do, but the talk isn't like funny or doesn't enhance anything before we like make the final decision. Like, I don't want to listen to that. Yeah. Nobody needs to listen to that. Yeah, of course. Like, it, and it's like, and that's the thing. It's like, if any- those are exactly the kind of things I try <laughs> to look for when I do a pass, but more often than not, I just don't have the the right amount of time to Dude, put into it. Yeah, totally. That's the other thing. It's like, I like, I, when it comes to time, it's, I mean, like I, I stopped doing improv yeah, and like I feel like I be- we have to do every other week just because it's like or else There's I a- don't get days off. Yeah, um, yeah. You thirty hours on top of a forty hour job. Yeah. is your life, dude. Yeah, <laughs> that's your life. Yeah, and it, 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 I feel like right now I'm like I'm like pushing super hard because like if we can get like real deep for a second, it's like uh, you know I. Like I'm, I'm dealing with like a ton of like pain in my hands and arms. And oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I'm going like, like I've had like nerve studies and different stuff. But like, and the doctor's like, oh no, you don't have carpal tunnel. It sounds like um, you just literally never ever get rest, and you're just like constantly oh. strained and straining it more. And like, and he's like, yeah. And if that's the case, there's nothing we can do for you. Oh <laughs> and my, it's like it's literally just rest. Is it's the rest, only and it's thing that would it's help. like that's the thing that capitalism won't allow, oh. right? Because it's like it's like at the end, like I've had time. There was even a period where, like, before we launched the Patreon, and we needed some more time to record some stuff for that. And because I was like, my hand problems had like really, really escalated that problem at that point. Before that happened. We had two weeks between episodes instead of just one. So it was like we had an episode. I had two weeks off, an episode, two weeks off, an episode. And like – but I was still working 40 hours a week like on the computer. And so it's like even with like with that, I just kept getting worse. And like there's nothing that can be done like unless a doctor is willing to like – like literally write a sick note to be like, dude, let this dude use his sick time just to like, oh yeah. I, I, and, and it's like kind of crazy because like, it's like that in the time is like so obsessive, but like <clears throat> I've talked about depression and it's like Neo scum is, is still small, but we have this like this, this passionate fan base and like all the creative things I've done in, in my life that I've been passionate about, I put that same amount of like obsession into and like it like almost never like pays off. Yeah. It never felt like anybody cared except you. Yeah. And, and, and it did like to a certain extent, like, like as an actor, like in that, that kind of, of like having to like get that right. Like I, I, but it didn't, but it was still like so small scale and it didn't like, it didn't, it didn't matter, you know? Sure. And, um, in the amount of time I spent working on this particular graphic design of my resume or something like that, in right. the end doesn't like matter to like anybody but right. me. And, you know, Neo Scum and like editing, it's like the first time that part of me feels like useful. Yeah. And, And so, like, right now, like, it's so much time and it's so much energy, like, emotional, uh, I mean, like, the the amount of, like, concentration 
and like in especially in now like like physical toil which is just like insane like I, I worked today and like our work is expanding so crazy right now and like it seems like you guys are always hiring yeah yeah it's it's like nuts right now you'd like talk to mike about it too but we're like we're like honestly i think today was like one of the busiest days i've ever had oh and gosh. like after to, like, a whole weekend of just sitting in front of a yeah, computer and, and using like, your hands and every like every time like i typed on the keyboard or like click the mouse or even like text with my thumb it's like i feel like electricity go through my nervous system oh, you know Casey. i know and, but in the thing is it's it's like and so you know, when you when you, you talk about that, the the impulse is always like, or like if you're slacking at your job because of like your investment in something else, it's always like, well, you need to you need to maybe like uh, spend less time in editing so you can get more sleep and do better at your job and stuff like that. It's like, why the fuck should I use if I'm like depressed, right? And like in the in the like new like in the news, it's like every depressed celebrity like eventually kills himself. And not that's not true, but that's what it feels like sometimes. And it's like even if I'm the most visible stories are always gonna be exactly. And so there's like this like there's like this feeling, it's like, man, even if I'm not like suicidal, it almost feels like inevitable, like, oh my God, like not not even not to I guess I just mean like the pressure of like like I have to make this count, right? It's just spiraling is spiraling. the nature of all that. Sure. And so it's like it's like why would I like waste any of this precious time like investing in like capitalism? <laughs> like like just like giving my like any of my life force that I can afford like not to give to something that like doesn't fuel my passion. It's like it disgusts me, the thought of that. I've had to ask myself that question a lot over the last, you know, X number of years myself too. I it's I think it's a generational thing. I think it's an overarchingly generational thing. I really do. Yeah. Because I think that um the generation before us or maybe, you know, a couple, uh, I don't know exactly where you where you break it all down, but you know, I've had a superior at my place of work say to my face before, like, I know this isn't your passion, but you're gonna have to step it up. That was yeah. essentially what I was told. Yeah. And you know, it it felt insulting. Oh, 100%. It felt really belittling. And 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 I wanted to say, you know, what, what makes it your right to tell me what my passion is and what I have to do for you, mm-hmm. you know? And, and and if you, and obviously I didn't say that, but, but if that's how your employer really feels, <laughs> then they have to make that decision, you know? Yeah. Uh, then as employees, we show up, we do our jobs, and we leave. And it's not our... Because a machine can't do it yet. Right, right. And it's not our positions as employees to, you know... It's like you said, I'm not going to not do the things that I want out of my life for the sake of a job that I don't... is Don't prioritize over that. I, I guess in, 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 like, exactly to that point i no longer value the idea of like giving life just to survive Mm. you know and it's like every time you go into work and do something you don't care about 
and I feel it in a real way when like, again, there's like pain shooting through every fingertip every time I type a letter as I like listen to somebody describe like whatever. And, and I don't even, I don't dislike my job. Sure. I think I, think yeah. I have a, a pretty like decent job, but at neither the same time. Neither do I, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Truly, neither do I. But it's like, it's like every single time, it's like those are hours that I have given like completely not for my own sake. Right. And like, I don't want to hear any fucking like <laughs> like uh like honestly like uh like re- reactionary like uh right wing like like fucking luddite be like uh <laughs> be like like talk about like how like automation taking like menial work from human beings would be a bad thing when the only bad thing about that is capitalism. The only bad thing is that like you would not give that time to the people because it's like, like at the end of the day, it's like every fucking, like you don't need to tell me I need a job for purpose. I spend 30 fucking hours and kill my fucking hands every other week. And that's not counting like bonus content. That's not counting like, like all these other just like projects. Yeah. And like, and and like, like building like a, like a website right now, which I've spent like recordings. Yeah. It's like, it's like, listen, dude, like I fucking got passion. If you had a system, I have purpose in which, like I could like focus on that like I wouldn't have to be depressed like you would get literally 40 hours of your week back (laughs) yeah and and you want to know what I do I'd probably just reinvest that like into this but you know what that's fine like that's fine you'd probably work 70 hours a week on Neoscum yeah probably (laughs) and that's okay because it's like I'm I'm willing to do that. And like whenever people are like, oh, that's like so long in like you don't get days of rest. It's like I'm like, just listen, like just don't blame the show. Don't blame the editing I do yeah. and don't blame my perfectionism. Blame my job. Blame my capitalism. Like blame the, the fact that like if I were to quit that job and try to freelance like audio editing work, which now I'm like very skilled at. Sure, like, yeah. But it's like I wouldn't have health insurance. And if I don't have health insurance, I don't have my mental health meds. I don't have therapy. Right. I don't have like, like uh, medication and doctor's appointment for, for my hands and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, so you just like you continue to feed into it's it. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. Not Man. real there, but it is. But it. That's why I push so hard in editing. I think is the whole point. But I think that's essential to talk about in something like this. It is something that you're so passionate about that it's physically (laughs) harming you. And it feels like there's this giant roadblock to not feeling that physical. It's like, it's like, it's like when you're, when you're like, um, I mean, I was going to say running a marathon. I've never run a marathon, Ah. but but like when you're like running or something, it's like the last lap or the last like whatever half mile or something. And you're so tired and everything hurts, but like you like push anyway and you like sprint it. And because you're like, by God, like I don't know how much I have left in me, but I'm going to exhaust every bit of it to get past that finish line sprinting. And that's like right now, I think like how the editing, it's like, I don't know, like, like how long like I could go this hard while also working. But the thing is, it's like if like I am investing that time and energy with the hopes that like one day I can do Neoscum and stuff like that 70 hours a week. Sure. You know, and 
and there's no guarantee. And that's like the the scary part, and which is why like all these artists are like so fucking depressed, is there yeah. is absolutely no guarantee and there's no safety net in American society. But like Yeah. But that's what it is, you know. I can't tell you how many times in the last like six months I've talked to performers, like people who perform in some way, comedy, uh, theater, whatever it is, who I've asked them how things were going with whatever they're working on. And the conversation immediately went to, oh, I finally got health insurance through this job. Yeah. Or I've, I, three different times. I'm not even kidding, dude. Where like I try to have a conversation about art and and what people want to be doing and how that stuff's going and the conversation immediately becomes about how happy those people are just to be able to take basic care of themselves. Yeah. To like you said, be able to see a therapist or a specialist or get medications and stuff. And it's every time just so I've, I'm happy for them that that's the place they've gotten, but just so depressing that that's what the win is, you know, that that's the most, what should be such a like basic comfort and such a thing that we could provide to people so that they could do whatever they wanted and not have to worry about that. Yeah. Is and so we could. sad. Yes. And we absolutely could. And I, I mean, that's like, that's what like really gets me. And especially obviously these past couple of years, uh, it is just like, it's just all of it's so unnecessary. Yeah. It's like we have the solutions, but it's just like the, the selfishness and the cruelty of humanity. And it's like, you know, it's like maybe like I lean into like editing more and like doing like more work because it's like those are the moments where like I shut out everything else and I have purpose and I'm 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 creating, which is like I feel like me in my purest form and I feel like it's so hard to feel pure <laughs> like anymore. Yeah. Like I'm sure that there are people who would say the same thing about getting to listen to you guys show. I know that for a fact. That there are people out there who go, God, my fucking life sucks. I go to a job I don't really care about just because it's the only way I can sustain anything else that I actually want to be doing. Mm -hmm. But man, that hour and a half every couple weeks where I get to listen to this funny like show full of heart and creativity that people – it. It, honestly, sometimes it just feels so good to experience something that people worked together on. Yeah. That if it's like to just know that there's something out there that, oh man, ooh. No, no, I'm with <laughs> uh, you. That people, that people got along and, and had a vision and made a piece of, of art for you that helps you deal with your life in a different way and in a better way and not even just a distraction. I think art gets talked about as a distraction a lot. And that's only because of the society exists. Right. In. And and I think if like to call things like I said that people work on and put heart into that talk about the human condition to call that a distraction is absurd. The 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 the, the pain, the, the 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 work the that's the distraction. Yeah. And it's like, it's like when we're like in that booth or like 
like when two people are like having a conversation like this or when like you're on stage like improvising or performing or 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 however you're creating art you know like like uh, even people who don't consider themselves artists like in those moments it's like when you reach that natural like state of play or that that state of just like flow or like creative like freedom it's like those are the moments that like re- redeem humanity yes you know like entirely yes. it's like it's like and that like and that's what's like so fucking like insulting and infuriating about society is it's like why like don't more people get <laughs> that like th- like again other than like like every like there are there's fucking like bacteria and mm-hmm. uh like on our skin right now yeah. and, and parasites that are just like are, are are breeding and multiplying just to survive and we are built off of those same impulses yeah like 100 we are just an extension of that Absolutely. but like somehow like 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 humanity got lucky enough to fucking force meaning out of it and force like like creation like out of it like art is you know and like uh, i i'm a secular humanist so i i don't believe in uh, like a god or anything like that but like to me it's like that like human expression of 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 art in creation and creativity and and that like expression and exchange between two like or like just multiple people is what gives humanity its value not just surviving not just like making it through tomorrow and getting like something to eat and having i mean like having kids is great and stuff but yeah, not yeah, just sure, sure, like sure. not just like that's part of having it, offspring having, right having family that's all part of what you're talking about a- absolutely but the, yeah the, and the that expression could be of like love thing. and like that could be someone's you know that's the way they interface with the world that's exactly. the thing they get, they are passionate about in their life and there's fucking nothing wrong with that at all no no yeah yeah and absolutely and, and yeah and i speak obviously like from the the like n- like From near the viewpoint of, of an person. artist yeah, yeah, like sure, sure. but yeah at the same time it's like it is though it it is those things that make humanity special and that like makes life worth living and it it is just like it's like such it's so infuriating to like know like the, the you know hundreds of thousands of years that like homo sapiens have been like fucking like walking around uh, on their two goddamn fucking feet and are still still what like reigns is like the most like base and like animalistic elements the like the like the selfishness and like the violence and fight or flight yeah and and it's it's like really like man like like what a, what a what a sad pointless fucking life dude yeah like i mean i i would rather like honestly i would yeah i'd rather like and i don't even say this in like a depressive sense or something i just mean like very genuinely like i would rather like burn out young from like doing everything like i possibly could and like like pushing that hard to like create something good like mm-hmm. in this fucking world and like and bring value to it for myself, you know, and others, then like just go day by day for 80 fucking years, you know. That's like 
I'm not thinking of that actively as I edit. (laughs) (laughs) But (laughs) once you get to the end of a weekend, I'm sure, you know, last night as you're trying to wind down after you spent. Calling you like, hey, can we reschedule till tomorrow? I got more editing to do. As you spent another weekend (laughs) doing this thing that you really care about and grinding away and trying to go into another week of, well, I have to now do the thing that I don't like doing as much just to be able to sustain everything. Yeah. Those are the thoughts. I'm sure that's all the stuff that that weighs on you, you know, that yeah. goes like, well, you know what? It's worth it because of this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. It feels absurd to kind of like go back into more of the granular uh, editing no, stuff after we've had this like beautiful life-affirming part of this conversation. But I have You're the editor. You can shift it all around. (laughs) But I feel like there's something to how uh, urgent that part of it feels for you to to how, you know, to hear you go like, well, it's about to get deep. And then we just go and have, you know, a diatribe about capitalism and and passion. and, And that is obviously so intrinsically tied to how passionate you are about this. Yeah. And that's that's all this show should serve as i think that there is something uniquely incredible about the ability of an editor to create jokes where there weren't any to to put in drops or to change the order of something or whatever Mm -hmm. it is is amazing and you kind of touched on that before but i just want to say and acknowledge that for someone who doesn't if someone listening doesn't necessarily think about that when they watch a film or listen yeah. to audio and go like, oh, man, that's so funny. That didn't happen in the room. That didn't happen, you know, within the scene on camera. There are moments that are perfectly timed just because of the editor. Yeah. And and honestly, I, I mean, like the timing and, and that is like such a huge part of it. And I th- it's it's a weird – and I actually really love talking about this because I feel like I, I don't get to talk about this element – very frequently because it honestly feels kind of weird to talk about because I feel like early on, like in the show, uh, when even then it was like quote unquote, like heavily edited, which is like such a joke to me now <laughs> comparatively, but right, like, right, but right. like, cause but, you weren't even, uh, getting separate tracks, like with those first few episodes, right? Yeah. yeah. You, you, talk, you, we, you were all just off one mic. Yeah. Right, and right. I mean like now, like we, it's, it's recorded onto a, a single track, but at least we have like, yeah, we have like separate mics and we have have whatever. Ability. And yeah, sure. but like, but I, I think there is like this misguided preciousness sometimes for people of like, oh, this happened like raw. This is exactly how it was. And and in in a sense, like I get that. We talked about Glenn Hansard mm-hmm. and we talked about like the version of Say It To Me Now that he does in the movie once versus the one on the album is like 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 even better because of like the passion and because you see the whole thing uninterrupted and the fact and like absolutely that's the spirit of improv and yes. we capture that every single episode of Neo Scum. There is so much of that. But the fact of the matter is it's like like at the end of the day, like it's not necessarily the best version. My goal is not to present you how it happened. Right. My goal is to present the best possible version of that. Yeah, misguided preciousness is a perfect way to talk about yeah. that. It's like you think you want that, but you don't. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And, and, and that, and it's not in like, and that's like, that's, that's the tough part is because like, you have to like do the editing to like learn that lesson. I'm not saying you, you have to, but, but like, I, it, I'm it, sure it helps you, you internalize it very soon. In the same way that people who are critical of certain films or certain screenwriting because they go like, well, but we didn't see that part. It would be better if we knew all these backstory and world building and blah. And it's like, no, that's not what screenwriting is at all. Right. And, and, and it's similar to what you're saying about editing in the sense that, like, I'm sure there are people who wish that you put out all three hours. Right. Who think that they wish, yeah. who think they want that because it's all uncut and they can hear everything mm -hmm. without understanding at all how much better a story can be told yeah. with finesse. And and also I think, and you know what, I, I, I'm going to keep tying this back to our once conversation, even though all of that may be cut. We talked about listening to the original soundtrack of the musical, the yes. stage musical version of, of once, uh -huh. uh, which was you know, obviously based and adapted from the movie version of Once, which was uh, adapted from just the music of Swell Season. Yeah. And um, we talked about how, like, the magic of being there in the room and even if certain elements don't line up objectively or, or aren't objectively superior, there are – so many other factors that contribute to like the roundness of that experience and what makes it special. And that is what like live improv brings and that's yes. what live theater brings. Yes. And, and that's what like joking with your friends, even if you're repeating yourself or even if it takes you like forever to get out your word, yeah. that's like because you don't remember it like that. You are experiencing it with every sense and you are like – living it and immersed in it so like all of those other elements like don't matter they're just they're just threads in the tapestry right but i never saw the musical version of once yeah and i can't listen to the original soundtrack version because to me it's just it's like the original soundtrack musical version and the original soundtrack of the actual like movie mm -hmm. and those original songs and it's like when they're like right next to each other, it's like, ah, like how could I choose one nope. that like feels objectively like inferior? It doesn't yeah, have Glenn no Hansard, it doesn't have Marquetta or Glova. And, uh, and, but the, but the thing is, it's like that, that's like what like Neoscum is. It's like in the room, there is that magic and there is that improv and there is the excitement of like when you make eye contact with a performer and like, both of you are on the same page, but then like you're forming how to say it. And so maybe it takes like a couple, you're like, uh, 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 and then it comes out, but it doesn't matter because that moment in time like doesn't exist. That moment in time was just like your mouth warming up, but we were already communicating like psychically, like not yeah. psychically, but in no, that like seriously. spiritual sense, like, sure. like in that vague way of like how ensemble. performers do. Yeah. The ensemble sense that like, like it, it, and, and. I love that. That's a brilliant analogy. Absolutely. I love that. And you have your other performers, the excitement in their eyes. You have like all these other elements that contribute to that tapestry. But say like your tapestry is like a beautiful 
multicolored, like it's like glistening with all sorts of different colors of threads and fabric. And then it's you go in like a room with no windows and you turn on just a pure red light. Like <laughs> it's like you still see that like you, you, you still see that red and the red is still – it's brilliant and it's beautiful. But now you've got this giant red fucking blanket. Right. And it's like well, when it was all the other colors is nice but now it's a little too much red. Right. And like it's like this is like a weird analogy that I'm doing. But like that's the thing. It's like so when you cut down this experience to pure audio, uh-huh. when you literally like – and especially when it's not always inherently organic or conversational and it has like elements of like trying to build a narrative and trying to like progress a fiction right. and trying to like – and doing rules there things. There do and like, well, have to be moving parts. Yeah. There are some essential aspects. Yeah. And, and, and so it's like – so when it happens, it's like what I do – there in this like red lit room <laughs> where all you can see is red is I just like I just pull out the other fabrics. Uh I pull out those other ones. Yeah. Because like unfortunately and, and I'm so sorry you weren't party to You that. weren't here yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. like then it's like ooh, ooh, like what is left is a smaller blanket, but it's like all red fabrics. And so like when you like when you take it out of the red room, it's a beautiful red blanket. Like, and it, that's how it was meant to be. And, and this analogy is like got way uh, away from, but like, and I think so it that, worked. And, yeah. And so that's the point. It's like, it's like I cut out ums and repetitions and pauses and I will just on a very minor scale, like micro editing is what I call that stuff. Um, yeah, and like micro and like macro editing is I think I came up with that. Like, I don't know. I've never heard that before, but it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, yeah. And like that that kind of like like micro editing, it's like what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to – I'm doing the work to make a third-party listener with no other senses but their ears engaged feel the energy that actually happened in that moment. Absolutely. And I know people think, and again, that like that misguided preciousness, they think like, oh, the raw thing. And it's like, you don't get it though. You can't get the raw thing because yeah. you weren't there. Yeah. And so what I'm doing oh, is really I am taking my knowledge in that room of what the raw thing felt like and how to make that raw thing feel even better if possible. Yeah. And like, that's what I'm presenting to you. And I'm glad you said that because I was going to make that point too in your blanket analogy is that I bet more often than not, especially you're talking about bringing in theme musics and motifs and things like that, that's absolutely going to elevate what happened in the room. You can't recreate that in the room. You 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 can't. There. Uh, I don't know if you've watched any of the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I have. We could talk about that for a bit too, but uh, I haven't finished the first season, but I, I – yes. Okay. So the only reason I bring it up is because I f- – <laughs> In watching that show, it reminds me what musicals can do yes. that yes. typical television and other art cannot do. Yeah. And it's because they can do something like so there's a song in the first season where uh Rebecca Bunch is mm-hmm. uh convincing herself and others that she has friends. And it's yes. I have friends, I definitely have friends. That's, I think episode one too, right? Uh, I wouldn't have remembered it was episode one, but I knew it was pretty early yeah, in that yeah. first season. So maybe episode two. And then later on in the show, there's a moment that's intimate between mm-hmm. her and Paula, her coworker. Mm-hmm. And they bring in bling. Bling, you heard on bling, piano, yeah. Bing, bling, bing, 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 and it's just like, <laughs> that's so nice. Like, yeah. And and 
those little piano notes wouldn't mean shit uh -uh. if you didn't have the context of you know exactly what they're trying yeah. to draw out is like Rebecca Bunch is someone who's always tried to convince herself that she you know has a support system and then she actually does mm -hmm. you know she does have someone who's looking out for her and the music tells you that without anyone having to say exactly. it exactly and that is fucking powerful and and I truly believe that only musicals can do that in the way that they do. Yeah, yeah, and in in uh, because of that blend of music and storytelling, and that's so funny because if you honestly, if you'd asked me, name a motif from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that would be the one. Like that that's would be so the, funny. I'd be like, oh, I don't know if I remember uh, all the motifs, but I have friends comes up a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, and then after you get that like sweet version of it, mm -hmm. it's like. Like, what's a triumphant version mean? Or what does, like, uh, like there's a part where she, like, where she screws things up, right. things up with her friends. And right. she s sings it again in, like, a faux happy way. And it's, like, yes. that faux happy way, if you would, if that was the second instance, wouldn't feel powerful. But because you have another thing that that separates those two. Yes. It's like, oh, it's back. It's a regression. It's yep. like that says so much. And it's like literally every single time you're lending power of the last time it was, in, it was used. And if you think about it, it's like callbacks in improv and in our show, which is like, it's like, like oh, I'm sure I it's mean, a machine for yeah, stuff just like, like that. It, it's like, those are just comedic motifs. Yeah. Or like narrative a, motifs. That's smart. And and it's like the same thing. It's like I mean, I, you know, I'm okay. Like semantics. Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Using the word loosely, but in the, in the same sense that a particular word that we found funny once, or a way of addressing something or someone that grabbed attention or had meaning, it's like then we like we reuse that, and then in and again because our show becomes more emotional that kind of and it's this is really hard to kind of get into specifics without getting too granular about details about the show which sure. I won't but it's like that's what I love about having like a narrative comedy show and that's like something that like we try to pursue in our performing and so like me pursuing that in our editing in the editing of the show is me just like rising to meet like the challenge of like when I talk about like the like the edit is being like another like layer of like yes and and stuff yeah. like that it's like the goal and that like ira glass like pursuit of like your taste is to have that the voice of the editor be as good at that as like Mike McDowell is at coming up with like the funniest, like goofiest thing, the fastest, like you've ever heard. Of it's course. it's in in and so it's 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 really just like I like my work to be valued. It means like it means a lot to me because like that's like all like really like I don't really make money from this. Like I mean now like the tiniest bit through our, our Patreon, which is like really good, but like a lot of that, it's like it's we're just like reinvesting back into the show say, and stuff. Yeah. But like, but like before, like for like so long, you know, it's like basically nothing, and and uh, and it, it's it's like I it's like you I want to be appreciated, but like more than anything, I just want to like. I want to like I want to honor the people on the show oh. and like like seriously like I I want 
to I don't know. I, I think I think they're all like so funny and so good, and I I just want to like like I get obsessed with like doing everything I can to like showcase that and uh, these like incredible talents that like I was so honored and so like terrified to like be a part of and like didn't have any faith in myself and like approached editing as this crutch of like it can save me for when I'm stupid and fuck up and then like now feeling like I have like a part in that Mm -hmm. and it's like now it's like my job is not to like it's not to like save me or anyone else anymore of course that's like a part of it but I like that's not like my job is to like transcend you to like to (laughs) to to, 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 uh, you know to, to make it a piece yeah. Instead of just like a series of, you know, bits. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, one other thing, jumping back to the original question, is this like even like some of the more like macro editing, you're talking about like creating like callbacks and stuff through like sound keys and stuff like that. That's like another thing. It's like with like timing and stuff. There's like one bit I remember I like to have like a good like snappy funny like out. I like to end our show like on a laugh. And a lot, like not a lot of times, but sometimes I will, ha- I will have to manipulate things to like, like a- accomplish that. Well, just by like finding like that good, like that good out or doing whatever. And and maybe we finish the show, we talk a little bit, but then we have some sort of like reflection on the show that has like a funny thing. Well, like then I can cut it, I can pull it, and I can fuse these things together so they sound good. And it's like you get to end on a laugh and like you know everything like that. And like the one time there was like this one episode where we felt really weird about the the last scene that happened and it just kind of like petered out. Yeah. And I was like, fuck dude, I don't have like an out for this. Like, what do I do? What do I do? Like, I absolutely had nothing now I, with my experience. I don't know what I would have done, but like in that moment, like I was like, I have to build something. And so there was a big part of this scene because it was a really long scene that I had to like cut down like a ton because it was just like all over the place. But there was like part of it that I didn't use that like, had like Blair saying a line in a different context. And and what I did is like uh I I had like Gannon says this last line as a character and then I inserted like this pause and like I will sit there like timing I'm so obsessive about oh, timing. I bet. Like I sit there with like like I will like go move something back and forth by like a millimeter like a million times like yeah. with my eyes closed like listening to it play oh, over and over again. Yes. Um and uh and like I like I I had Gannon's thing and I cut it and I had it so it like flowed in a way that was funny. And then I like I like felt the beat. I'd like over and over again. It was like, what would make me laugh? Like if a line was said, like here, what would be the perfect time? Right. You know what I mean? Yes. And it's like I can't always do that in the moment myself. Sure, of but course. I have a sense for that. Cause yeah. like I if I can't call myself a comedian, I can at least say, I love to laugh. Yeah. You know? And and so it's like I know it's I know it's funny. And so like, yeah. and so like I waited for that and then like I like like put like Blair's like one out of context line and I did some fading because it was like other people were talking at the time it was like so like so much surgery for this one bit and like uh and then he had that and then I like I had to also like take some laughs from like like elsewhere to like put to like like connect it we'll just go with whatever this next team name is I think yeah I'm sorry no matter what you Craner Blint Clown off Wasson Alan Thatcher shall henceforth be known as the 
big Marco blasters, and you will bring me the heads of the Neo scum. I don't hate bangers. This is like the kind of like sausages made stuff that in, and this is not, I mean, like super, super frequent. This is like the one time, like I I had to go this far, but it like, but I'm sure there's a moment like that. And if not every episode, yeah, of like, of something, I mean, that level of like particular, and you could also be like, uh, like, oh, like, what do you mean that didn't happen? It's like, well, it didn't, it, it does, it doesn't matter that it didn't happen because like you wouldn't be happier if we'd petered out and then be like, I don't know how we felt about that scene and so yeah i mean it's it's, it's exactly kind of what i was talking about film editing too you know the things that you see in a comedy film did not happen in the order that they were shot you know like but it's like that's that's still that content yeah of course it's just presented in the that's what editing is and here's the here's like the, the cap for that story which is like what it this story is all about on twitter in the week, a couple weeks after that episode aired. This, what episode was it? I think it might be episode 11 or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's around the time that like, so just before that, the, the editing had started to like blossom at that point. Uh, I think it really, 14 and 15 are what I call like the start of the golden age. And then like <laughs> episode 18 is where like the editing really like blossomed, I think. Anyway, somebody tweeted uh, at at Blair and was like, I I cracked my uh, my ass off. Uh, I cracked my ass off. <laughs> I cracked my ass off. I, hey, buddy, I cracked my ass I right cra- I really cracked my ass <laughs> right off. <laughs> um, uh, at your at your like last line in Neo Scum, and Blair like I think and he mentions in like uh, at the time our group me or whatever, and and he's like yeah, and like I don't even remember. I don't really remember saying that. Uh. And like Blair had brought that up, and like he showed showed that tweet. Like I like didn't. I was like, yeah, because like I created that, and I didn't create it to like take something from you. Yeah, like, you know, no, it's you like, gave it, it, it something. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Is like it's like that's my way as a yes ander of like giving a gift, right? right? Of like of like allowing the the show to end on a good note by like spending like. So so much time trying to make it work, you know, and like, uh, and it's not, yeah, and it's typically not that kind of like that particular kind of surgery, although uh-huh. there's definitely been like other instances Moments. of like, like where stuff has really had to be like cut and finessed. shifted around and finessed. But yeah, there's that level and it's like, I see that and it feels weird because like on the one hand, I'm like worried that like somebody's going to be like. It's a lie. It's all absurd. I know, right? That's absurd. That's a fundamental misunderstanding of what editing is. Yeah. I truly believe that. Like, Mm -hmm. it it would be absurd for someone to accuse you of that because that's what editing is. Mm -hmm. That's what, you know, music composition and filmmaking, that's all it is, is finessing the material into the best version of itself. Mm -hmm. So, if anyone ever tried to come at, you with that one person did earlier and it gave me a complex i think because i still like i feel better about it now but i I definitely still like shout them down you just fundamentally misunderstand what editing is if you think that that's dishonest or uh, no that oh no that's very frustrating (laughs) yeah yeah 
I, I understand where it comes from because it's like you said, people want that feeling of being in the room and experiencing what it was like, but they have to understand that the better thing is to is to be able to present it in an even better way. Yeah. And I mean, like, like at the end of the day, it's like if you enjoyed it, it was like our improv and our like live creation that like made that and like made that possible. Yeah. And it, it's like. And ultimately, you're still a performer. You're still an artist sitting mm-hmm. there at the computer making everything sound like yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. So it would be a real crime to take that aspect of your ability and your artistry out of it mm-hmm. to say that you're you're you know making it worse or taking something away from the piece by doing something like that is completely ignoring how much you, you are putting into it and how yeah. much of a skill and an artistry there is to that so i think that's absurd <laughs> well thank you yeah yeah I think like one thing I've I've um, come to terms. I don't know if it's the right way of saying it, but like I, as an editor, don't always make the right choice, and I don't always have the best instinct. But what has made me a better editor is I've at least thought about like every single second like so much and like and so there's like this thing it's like i'll be like hey guys here's the episode like if you listen you have any uh, problems or suggestions or whatever people go through the maybe it'd be a part like oh couldn't that that be changed or um uh or, or or something for instance sometimes there will be something uh and this isn't super frequent but there'll be something like tiny like even just a line that somebody had a fondness for oh that like they'll be like hey that line got cut and it's like the moment they say that, it's like, okay, well, clearly that meant something to them. So I need to find a way to make it work. But the sure. thing is every single time, like I swear to God, like every single time that that has happened, it's like I I, I spent an hour trying to find a way to get that in or right. debating whether or not. And You and, knew it was that good mm-hmm. sitting at the computer. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like – but the thing is it's like I don't always make the right choice. I don't have the, the right instinct. But again, like like what makes me a good editor is like I'm not going to like and, – and I will go back in there and, and if, if that's – and I have done – I'll be like, okay, well, go back to the drawing board because you know what? I – I, I agree I, with you, and I fought with myself already yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the, and so there's like there's like that like element and like so the one thing it's like I, if somebody doesn't like neo scum or somebody doesn't agree with like my my editing or or um or at least just the the storytelling of the show or something I had some somebody on Twitter it's like weird in like the past two weeks um had like two like disrespectful kind of like like quote unquote like fans not just like people like trolling but people like like fans Claim of the like show the but they yeah and like the one thing it's like I can't say it's like if you don't like it if you I mean like whatever I don't agree with your taste obviously uh, but sure. like that's that's whatever man like but like the moment there feels like an entitlement as if like all of us haven't put in like so much work to like make what it is and like all of us wish every single second could be better all the time 
like uh, even when we're satisfied, it's like that constant pursuit of, you know, perfection and getting better. So it's not like, it's like, if, and especially with like editing, it's like, if you notice a problem, I s- swear to God. It probably kept you up at night. <laughs> yes. Like there's so many, it's like, oh, hey, like if you notice a problem, like, like the only reason that problem is still in there is because I spent so much time trying, trying to get rid of it. And that is the best possible way. Oh. And like, well, like, but in, and so it's like, it, it's, it's, it's really just like, it's really just like that. Like, honestly, like if, you, if you're like, dude, this show fucking sucks, but respect the amount of effort you guys put into it. It's like, probably it's like, be like, hey man, you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, so somebody was like, um, they, they tweeted, they added us at Neoscom and they were like, uh, do you guys have any idea how frustrating it is to wait two weeks uh, for a new episode, and then uh, nothing interesting happens at all. <laughs> he opened with he added us, and you wrote, "Do That's you guys insane. have any idea?" And I the think thing you is, said like, it before leading into that. That is a that is just a wild amount of entitlement and insane. And very blind to how much work goes into that, and. Uh-huh. Do you have any idea how none of this has to be done at all? Exactly. You're doing it for fucking free so, for someone's <laughs> enjoyment. So fuck you forever. Yeah, and and it's just like it, it's like look like I get maybe not like it's like n- like nobody l- nobody uh, b- b- takes the quality of the show more seriously than us, and nobody takes the final presentation of what is in an episode and what makes an episode. The only reason I cut uh, three hour recordings into an hour and a half is because like I do not like to split episodes up because I like the like arcs to complete and I like all the callbacks and things that were like built up at the beginning to be paid for in that same moment, which is excessive and doesn't need to happen in like no other shows fucking do that. And I'm not like, that doesn't make us better. That's just like my own taste. And so it's like nobody's putting more thought into that. And so to be like, do you have any idea? And it's like, yeah, but clearly you don't. You have no idea. So I was like, yeah. I was like, um, I was like, no, please tell us. Scale oh. of one to ten. <laughs> like, oh uh, I thought about putting effort into it, but uh, I just decided it wasn't worth the time. Like, was that a mistake? <laughs> like, I got so fucking petty about it. Honestly, I was just in like a really bad place that yeah. day. And it was like, but and that was the thing, is like I spent 30 hours. It's like, um, but again, it's like. But it's easy. It's so easy to say something like that to someone on the internet. And that's like such a big issue is that this, it's like you said, these people are like purportedly fans of the show. But it's like if they, if they saw you in person and, you know, still yeah. had the audacity to do that, to uh-huh. say like, well, I like the show, but. Ugh, I waited two weeks for this. I feel like they wouldn't. I feel like if they saw you in person, they'd be like, oh my God, I've liked this show since the beginning. Like, I can't believe how much work you put into it, you know? Yeah. I think it's just this moment of weakness and the ability to complain. Yeah. And, and this, but there's no, you don't get to see or feel what it, is like on the receiving end, you know, it's just, right. it, you don't get to, you're not sitting in the room with Casey for the 30 hour edit, you know? And he doesn't, he, I mean, like they don't owe me, uh, appreciation for the amount of time it took editing. They sure. don't, they don't 
owe th- uh, all of us the their enjoyment if they didn't like it if he feels that like dude like i that the thing is that was going to be an episode a single episode but like it was like gonna be two and a half hours long so it had to be like split and uh and uh and i did my goddamn best to make it like like a work split and And, yeah. yeah and um uh and so you don't have to enjoy it you do not owe us that at all but like like yeah going out of your way to like to like at to like gain the attention like excuse me yeah like group everyone in it yeah do you have any idea like how frustrating you like you have insulted me with this disgrace and it's like it's like it's like i mean you know anyway like that's that's kind it's of fucking just, negativity that i just to this and you think you have the capacity to do that don't do that don't do that that's like all i have that's all i know to say is just like don't do that talk to your Maybe. friends about it sure and like, like fucking said, trash talk is behind exactly. her back exactly but like talk, don't talk to your friend about it talk to i don't care how much you talk about it like you said he they he took the time to at you mm-hmm. that also is dirty fucking talk about it but don't tag them you know like like yeah, even if you talk about it on reddit and i come across it or something that's different yes because like i i discovered different. that completely different everyone should have the right yeah. to unpack what they love and to talk about you know the parts of it they like more than others but to direct that at the maker of the thing that you like is despicable to me yeah, yeah, dude. If it, it, yeah, it uh, anyway. Like anyway, not to like literally, anyway. but but I mean like that that just ties in like again that that just ties into the idea of like it's like anything like that is weighted under all of that heavy shit we talked of about. Of course, you know it's like every like you know shock of my fingers when I like I type or like. The constant feeling of like swollenness or the like exhaustion or this or that, like all of that, like the good and the bad, the exhilaration and the like devastation is all tied so, so deeply at this point into like everything that like my life is. And so it's like, that's like what editing is to me like right now and for like like you said like for better or worse yeah. like in in all the good and all the bad that comes with that and from that perspective i'm sure kind of like i was saying in that part of the conversation as well is like from the perspective of someone consuming it feels important in that way obviously it can never match the amount of hours that you're putting into it but it also feels important. It does feel like you waited. It does feel like this was the only thing that was going to, you know, get you through whatever your hard day was. Yeah. So it's like that also comes from a really emotional, raw place uh, to give it, you know, <laughs> an amount of empathy that maybe it doesn't deserve. But, well, no, but uh, I- to, to, you know, I know that's where those th- kind of things come from is because it is important to someone and it, you know, for him, for whatever reason, it didn't feel like it lived up to whatever expectation he had for it. So that it, it's a lashing out, you know. It's a it's a a moment of weakness. Right. Uh, and well, it's like and like at the end, I mean, it's like oh, you know, it's uh, that's passion, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like it, it, the thing is, it's like what like and if 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 that had been addressed like differently, like yes, like I 
could have engaged in like a very like and not hey, been like, as like petty. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And like, and I should have. Be- and the thing is, like, if I were like stronger, I would have done that regardless. Right. But like, but you know, but when it's like wrapped up in all that but shit, you even you're like, admit it. You know, you admit it. It's a, it's a moment of weakness. It's a moment of weakness for him. It's a moment of you know pettiness in receiving <laughs> yeah. it. But at the same time. It, it, all that self builds. It's like you're saying. It's just every keystroke, every every yeah. shock. I know that we could go even longer, but I feel we have to start yeah. finding a wrap. Is there anything specific you would feel remiss not to mention as a part of this conversation? I'm trying to think. Well, first of all, I I, I just want to say like, uh, and I said at the beginning, genuinely respect like the work you do as a podcaster and oh. editor and especially like the amount of time that you've kept the show going and the amount of work you've done. We, we talked about it even like outside of yeah. this uh, a We've little bit. We've commiserated a yes, little before. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 I mean, it's one of those things that like I, I, I truly respect that. And well, I appreciate that. That is uh, not what I was fishing for. I, I know, I know, I know. Is there like a, um, a triumph of doing this that sticks out for you? I think with with music and motifs and stuff like that, and we, I talked about it at length, like like the timing of that and the amount of like, and that's like another thing. Like, like what I've done is like I, uh, I'll have like a song – like listening to the words, I will, you know, huge like library of options for music and like, I'll go through and, and I'll ha- have some ones like sorted by different like moods or keywords that like I think of when I listen and stuff like that and spend a ton of time finding the right song. And then I'll like listen to the song as just plain. I'll just like play the file and I'll like listen to the song and I'm like, oh, that works. Or, oh, it brings out an element that like you didn't expect from that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, but like one thing that's been like important for a number of episodes and has really and I think like really culminated in this this episode that I I, I just worked on, which is uh, episode thirty three, uh, second uh, Corey Anderson episode, is the 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 choreography of words and music, and like and like how like I think people sometimes like, especially for like a podcast or something like that would be content just like plopping music down to like mm-hmm. fill like some s- f- frequencies like basically just like oh this is like like here's where the voices are but like with music underneath like look how rich things feel. but it's like it's like um like after i find that right song like i i go through and <laughs> like a dance i i take both parts the the words uh, as they were recorded in the music, and I like like massage them together so that like uh, significant words like fall on beat and within like rhythm, yes. and that like beat changes in scenes correspond with uh, um, like tonal or like key shifts in the music. Like if the music gets dark, and I realize that it gets dark within eight seconds, eight full seconds, which in music is like a long time. Yeah. Within like eight seconds of like 
a line or a moment in the scene That's that could line dark, up, yeah. I will go back and I will Figure like, it out. yeah, I will like add back in ums and and stuff like that, or artificially create pauses and stuff like that sure. to to make it line up. Because like, at, sure. because like, because again, like the whole point is like, how can I enhance the words that were said? And it's like, if like, if like music, if like the words like have that sense of choreography, like they are tied to the music, like it, it tells you subconsciously, like, yeah, what is important? What is powerful? Like, and like pacing is like everything like that. And that's, I think all of this that, that I've talked about in terms of editing, like with micro editing, macro editing, music, all that st- and it, it, stuff like that all amounts to like pacing, which is like, like how do you use like uh, expression and like pauses to make somebody feel something. Absolutely. And like the only way to like, like find that out as an editor and the only way I've been able to is just to listen, is to try and like close my eyes and listen. And again, the only way, the only reason like I became a good editor and the only reason like I think I do like a pretty good job on Neoscom is just because like I'm willing to do that because I can't not. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be the best version of it that it can be for you. That makes so much sense to me that those are the moments that you find the most, you know, probably both the most interesting and the most challenging. Definitely. I mean, tons of work, but like so satisfying when it's pulled off. Of course. I mean, like incredibly, like it's worth, yeah. It is a unique ability of music. It is uh, something that, if you were just pacing out the lines mm-hmm. without that mood behind it, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. It, it's completely different. So all of those things working together, man, I can't fathom all the work that you do for it's, this stuff. Yeah, it's. It, I know. It's like it's fucking not, it, it, just the one line. And this is just like the other thing. It's like, like I said, it's like I enjoy my job. But it's like this is the first time of any <laughs> – of any of any of my creative fucking skills which is like all I have in this world is my creative skills it's the first time any of them is marketable in like any sense of but the dude, word but dude that's what happens that's what I know. every that's what happens for every artist i yeah. truly believe that the ones that are successful is because they worked their fucking asses off for a long time and figured out what it was that was going to make them successful. Of course, there's a lot more to it than that. And there are a lot of people who got lucky, and there are a lot of people who worked really fucking hard and probably did have a marketable skill, and it never took off, you know? Right, But at its fucking core, that's what being successful is, is grinding away at whatever it is until you strike the thing that actually works the best. Yeah. Yeah. I truly believe that. Uh, And it dovetails impeccably with what will be my very last question. How do you feel like your love of audio editing and your experience with it has influenced you both as a creative person and your life in general? I know that's kind of what we've been talking about for this whole time, but. 
I talked uh, a lot about how, like, you know, like I moved to Chicago and had a hard time, like, seeing my value because of my own, you know, issues. Uh, but I feel like this editing and what the show has become and what my that kind of like perfectionist like attitude can bring to like any element of that that I I can bring to the show uh, outside of just like the performing or whatever uh I feel like I am I'm like at a, a point now thanks to that where it's like I have no question of my value anymore. Oh. You know? It's like I can still like things can still be so hard in other ways. And and my my value in like other areas or something like that. Sure. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like I trust myself as a comedian, as a performer, as a um co-performer, as like a supporter, as like as like a, a creator and 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 all of that, like thanks to both the reception that Neoscum has gotten, but the fact that, like, I was able to prove to myself that, like, I could work this hard on something and have it, like, count for something. And that's, like, you know, that's that's really, like, one of the, one of the most, like, valuable, valuable lessons uh, just because it, like... It affects everything else. I definitely relate to that on at least some level with, uh, you know, with this project. I feel like if nothing else, it lends me the ability to <laughs> know that caring about things and that being passionate about something and and being a creative is worth it on its most basic level. Yeah. And being able to talk to people like yourself who find that, you know, you feel more worth as a person because of this, because yeah. you found this and because it's, you know, bringing something to you and to the people that you're doing it with, but also to the people who consume it. Man, it's, it's unmatched. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to, that's amazing. That's, that's literally life changing, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm talking, you know, for you, but also, you know, fuck it for me. Like it, it does feel like, I don't know what the last five years of my life would have looked like without, you know, just setting my mind on a creative project and figuring out what was you know, what were the best parts of it and, and mm. how to interface with people and knowing that a great way to talk to someone is about the thing that they love the most. Yeah. <laughs> so for you to have that experience with the show is awesome. It's totally invaluable. I, before you said is so valuable in my head, I was like, that is absolutely <laughs> invaluable. Literally, I was like, that's an invaluable quality. And that's exactly what you said. It's it like even yeah. in this world where it feels like everything is so driven by finances and by uh, those 
basic needs for you to be able to admit that this has brought something that has, you know, mm -hmm. so much value. Yeah. It's amazing. Did, well, thank you for allowing me to talk about it. I feel like I have even come to uh, uh, revelations and new ways of, of, you know, looking at the, like, honestly, like. I'm glad. I mean, it would, it would be, I'm sure there's been no other time where you've been given this amount of time uninterrupted to kind of just work it out with someone and talk about it. And Without it feeling like I am like burdening them so much, even, even now in this sense. No, but I'm like, <laughs> you're not a burden I, in any way with me. It, uh, like yeah, th th thank you. Like even like I like you you pay for a fucking therapy session. I'm like I'm talking about editing too much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can That's we talk about my childhood so or something? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for doing this. No problem. Thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Thank it's you. It's been a total joy, and I hope it brings. Uh, fans and listeners of Neo Scum a little bit more of the full, you know, circle story of what it's like for you to work on it. And yeah. I also think it will bring people who, you know, don't have any experience with the show into just how much of a labor of love things like this are in any larger creative projects. Mm -hmm. I think this shed a really nice, brilliant light on it. So, yeah, well, th well, thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> Thank you so much, Casey. I love you, and I mean that. Oh, thank you. My Beth, love you too. Fast friends. Fast friends. Fast friends. <laughs> This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.